0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode eight, number eight, of the Dream Team podcast. This is serving basically as our one-month anniversary video. So happy one month, everyone. Happy one month. I'm your host, Jake Schultz, joined, as always, on my left, Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? In the middle, Spencer Kloss. Hello, everyone. And on the right... Oh, no.
1: Wait, where is he? Dan?
0: Dan, Daniel? Dan? Dan? Maybe he's Uh, too
1: busy cleaning up his Instagram so people can look at it.
0: Dan is not here today, (laughs) unfortunately, so it's a throwback episode we're going back to the first ever episode with just the three of us i
1: mean it is a one month anniversary it, it is
0: so it, it only makes sense yeah. that uh, we actually just kicked daniel off the podcast yeah. so until, you're never gonna see him again until we told he him,
1: makes his instagram public he's not allowed exactly
0: on. and if he insults our three listeners ever again he's yeah. just, just not cut. allowed back on so just he's cut. he's going through uh, some some training right now so he'll he'll be back for the next <laughs> yeah. episode Ah, uh, but happy w- happy one month, guys!
1: Man, one oh. month, crazy. That one we've month of the podcast,
0: far. crazy milestones that we've had so far. Um, speaking of which, I think it's only fitting that we mentioned that this episode is partnered with a big thing going on. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. It's a special interview coming up. Um, we're excited to share and announce that coming up in the later in the episode. So stay tuned to that. But of course, you got to get into some dream team business first. Why don't we? This is a huge stacked episode. So much has happened within the past five days that I thought that we were just really not going to be able to talk about much. But, uh, hey, let's start off with the big one. Bradley Beal has, in fact, been traded.
1: It's finally happened. It
0: happened. And he is going to the Phoenix Suns in a trade that sees Landry Shamit going back to the Wizards. And some second round picks, and that's about it. Chris Paul. Oh, and Chris Paul. You're right. Forgot about that yeah. one. does uh, his
1: career come to that you didn't even remember? In the <laughs> not bad, not bad. That's wild. It is. Well,
0: yeah, it is sad the way that his career has kind of unfolded recently. Yeah. That was a bombshell of a trade that happened earlier this week. What's everyone's thoughts on the trade as yeah. it stands a couple days out from it?
1: Yeah, I think now that we've had some time to like sit back, and analyze it it's funny because when the f- trade first happened i was like you know what all right hall uh because clearly the wizards want to go back to rebuilding so i didn't think it was that bad but then when i sat back and really realized that it's a couple second round picks you don't even get a first out of it for a team that wants to rebuild and then Shamit may be a part of this rebuild or retool or whatever it is but not likely And then Chris Paul is almost definitely, in my opinion, not going to be a part of this. He's very likely going to be bought out and then get to go to wherever he wants to go to compete. So you don't get any players that are going to be part of your future necessarily. Again, there's an outside shot that Sham is part of it, but not likely. And then you don't get any promising first-round picks out of it as well. And if I'm the wizard looking to rebuild, that doesn't seem like a good enough haulback, but that also speaks to... Bradley Beal having that no trade clause. And what I get from this is that he basically said, you got to send me to Phoenix. I'm not going anywhere else. So like there, there sure there was the possibilities of Miami or whatnot, but clearly we heard the little like tidbits of that. KD was trying to recruit Beal. And I'm assuming it worked because Beal must've told the wizards, Hey, I'm going here. And that's where the only place I'll accept a trade. So I think that is what leveraged uh, the situation to come out so poorly for the wizards. And I think this is also going to be the end of trade clause, no trade clauses in the NBA because the way this unfolded, really? I don't Ooh. I don't think that you're ever going to see a team give a player no trade clause and if they do without learning from this situation, I think that's just bad management.
0: It's interesting cuz they're so prevalent in other sports like the NFL and the NHL. The NBA really doesn't have them a lot. And yeah, it was a weird instance in general just to see that yeah, Bradley Beal has complete say over everything. And this is the haul they ended up getting back. It's not a great haul, like you were saying. CP3 coming back. God forbid I forgot his name. My goodness. I think it's pretty easy to say that he'll get bought out and go to a contender because there was the report that Chris Haynes put out earlier that was like, oh, yeah, when Chris Paul was released quote unquote released, they got something for him now that he wants to go to a contending team. Where do we think that contending team is going to be? Is that going to be the Lakers? Because I was thinking Clippers, and there was a lot of smoke for Clippers. Uh, and then there was a bomb that dropped a little bit ago that kind of counteracts that. Where, where does CP3 go?
2: It seems like the Spurs are still an option for some reason. I've never really understood that one, but that is a rumor going around. Uh, I still think the Bucks are a, a good fit. There's no really legs behind that. It's just they kind of need... Um, another guard, and they're kind of all in to win right now. I don't actually know what other teams really make sense. I would love to hear from you guys if you have any other teams.
1: Honestly, I, c- I kind of look back to some th- teams that either are already competing. Like you said, I think the Bucks is a really good name to put out there. But I also look at teams that may be on the fringes. But I don't know how much CP3 we want to play with them. Like I think of like an or- Orlando Magic. Yeah. They do already have guards. But just like a better – they're looking at a guy like Fred Van Gleed, You could probably get CP3 for cheaper than that. And then a leader that can kind of put them over the edge, similar to what he did with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I look at a team like them. But uh, it also makes sense for, like, the, a team like you said, the Lakers, Jake. Like, they just need uh, a secondary playmaker to take the pressure off a guy like LeBron. And CP3, if he just sticks to that playmaking role more than anything, he can fit in a lot more squads. Ironically, I think he would have fit well with the Phoenix Suns team, Mm. given that. But obviously, as you heard from CP3, that it seemed like Matt HB and Isaiah Thomas uh, wanted (laughs) to go in a different direction. It's hilarious that Isaiah Thomas is not part of that leadership group. But yeah, I think CP3's options will be there depending on what kind of role he's going to take on. I think that's the bigger question when it comes to Chris Paul. Do you think there's any chance, and this is for
2: both of you again, that he comes off the bench somewhere? Like, Do you think that he would accept that?
0: I I think it's a good spot for him. I don't know how much CP3 is going to stay healthy, and that's been a concern more recent than others. I think CP3 off the bench is a really fun idea, and that's why I picked the Clippers originally as my place that I would take him because Russ and CP3 tandem as point guards doesn't get much better than that. Especially if you have CP3 coming off the bench, not having necessarily to take on a massive role like Russ would. But I don't know. I like it's interesting. I don't. I can't. I don't know if his ego will let him come off the bench at the same time.
1: I, I, for me, it's not even like the ego per se. Like I know CP3 isn't what he once was, but when he is healthy and out there, like I don't think it's wild of me to say that he's still too. He's good. He's an all star last year. Yeah, I, I. don't think like he's still too good to be a bench player. Hmm because then when he's out there and he's healthy he's still very productive and again in the right role so like for me it's like he doesn't even have to come off the bench but if he takes a back seat when it comes to like a lot of like uh, the I guess the the shooting and the scoring and just focuses on playmaking that's why I think again like the Spurs have come up because pairing him with guys like Jeremy Sohan and uh, Victor Wembanyama in a pick and roll our partnership like that would make sense because he can help their development immensely and then he'd also be with like guys like devin vassell and and, and, like a guard type of player to kind of help mentor that that person so
0: and i just don't think he would want that though
1: no i i I agree i don't that's the thing like i don't know what he wants if he wants to contend those middling situations that could use a guy like him to go over the top probably don't make sense but then when it comes to the competing teams how ideal are the situations because again the bucks you kind of need to. They would something would have to move in that situation because I'm assuming if he goes to the Bucks, a guy like Chris Middleton probably isn't in the in the mix anymore, and that changes their whole situation. Yeah. He goes to the Lakers, like yes, you add him there, but then now you have like two-star players with injury concerns in Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. And it's not like LeBron has been the most reliable player injury-wise in the last couple of years either. So, like, there's there's going to be questions <laughs> The three of them you. would
0: be so... Like, it's <laughs> the same thing with the Clippers, too. Like, if you had Chris Paul to that team with Kawhi and Paul George, like, you're getting an injured core regardless.
1: Exactly. So, like, there's situations, and he can probably fit in a lot of them. But the question is, how well will he fit in them? And that, I think, is what's getting everyone so confused.
0: Seeing as we're Raptors fans... What's your thoughts process on maybe Chris Paul to the Raptors?
1: Uh that's a good question. Replacing
0: Fred Van Vliet probably be a cheaper contract short Again, term.
1: I we talked about this earlier that like if they're if they're going the retool and compete route, I like it. Mm-hmm. Like I think Chris Paul can for the most part equate a lot of what you get out of Fred and you'd have the same concerns both ways. he's a aging obviously Chris Paul is older but an aging guard who's smaller who has inconsistency issues at times but I think Chris Paul is just more of like a in terms of a playmaking and a leader he's less of a roller coaster than Fred was obviously offensively there are similar roller coasters at this point in their careers but he also just knows how to win he, he helps teams get to the playoffs which is if I'm assuming Masai wants to retool that's what he wants But, like, where do you want this team's ceiling to be? If you're fine just making the playoffs, then a guy like Chris Paul can get you there. But I don't think a retool is going to have this team contending for a championship anytime soon. So, I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's worth it, but that's a different conversation.
2: I think, obviously, Chris Paul is too good of a player to come off the bench, like you said. But I think any team, if they could convince him to play 25, 30 minutes a night for his injuries, like to keep him healthy throughout the year, I think that any team in the league could use Chris Paul, and that absolutely includes the Raptors. If they could somehow get him off the bench for, you know, 28 minutes a night, some games maybe he would break 30 when you need him more to rely on him more. But if he could almost be like a Swiss Army knife at this point in his career, I think it'd be more
1: valuable. He averaged 14 and 9 in like 60, in 59 games this past season. He shot, like, 50%, 51.3 on effective field goals that, from the field, and 44 if you just look at regular field goal percentage. So like He's he still was, doing Chris Paul things. Yeah, yeah. He's, still, like, he's basically averaging a double-double, and he's towards the end of his career. So, like, he's still productive.
2: Like, if you want a guy to come in and take some ball-handling load and some offensive just load off your team and someone that's smart and going to make the right plays, is there anyone in the league that's more available and better at it than Chris Paul? Probably not. So...
0: Some of the th- if I was seeing a lot of the things, because the two teams that we were seeing beforehand for Bradley Beal was Miami, and it was Phoenix. And the rumor was that it would be Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry going to Phoenix, for or, or sorry, to the Wizards, mm-hmm. and then Lowry would possibly be being bought out. If there is a hypothetical that Lowry is still somehow traded in this offseason, and he's bought out, and you have Chris Paul also available, you have both those guys who would you want the Raptors to take back? Like, Would you want Kyle Lowry back, or would you want Chris Paul? Because I think if Kyle Lowry is available, it makes all the sense in the world to have him come off the bench for Toronto. And I think given how he played in Miami towards the end where he was willingly coming off the bench throughout the entire postseason run, I could see him doing it in Toronto too.
1: Look, I, I'm as much of a Kyle Lowry lover as anyone else. He's the greatest Raptor of all time. But – the, the perspective I look at this from is that Kyle is at the point in, of his career where in order to be effective, I, I think he needs to be around like a very talented and quality team versus like a guy like Chris Paul. I think he, that he can kind of make more out of less if that makes sense. And I personally don't want Kyle out. I don't think it, his uh, reputation would be tarnished by any means, obviously coming back. No, but like, I think like, I have this, like, great remembrance of what Kyle Lowry was in Toronto and a legacy of it. And when he comes back, I personally just don't know if he's going to be even close to the Kyle Lowry that we remember. And like you said, he might, especially coming off the bench. There's a chance. But, like, even with the Miami Heat, he was almost very rarely available at times. And when he did play, it was a very mixed bag of what Kyle Lowry got. You got some of those good performances again in the playoffs, which I'm so happy to see. It brings some nostalgia back. But, like, Kyle Lowry if he comes back to this team Personally I want him to come back when I know He's going to be ready to retire And it's like the last swan song and I don't know if he's There yet so like Mm. I I don't want like My thing is like I remember him As the guy and I don't want that memory To go away by him coming back and it just not Working out. Well his last
0: game as a Raptor was that one Game against the Lakers where him and Siakam Were just going crazy On LeBron the entire time and it was A farewell it was a, a fitting swan song for Kyle Lowry Spencer do you have any thought on that?
2: Um, well, the Raptors. I think their biggest, and you guys can disagree if you want, but I think their biggest issue last year was their half-court offense. And I it's th- part of it. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely part of it. definitely on the It's offense. been an issue for them for a while, even yeah. with Kyle Lowry there. And that's what I mean. So I don't know if bringing Kyle at this, at this point, like back to Toronto, helps with anything. Obviously, it'd be awesome, and I wouldn't, hit, I wouldn't be against it. But I think Chris Paul could come in and actually like help fix some of the problems that the Raptors have.
0: I agree. I would be intrigued with Chris Paul if he is bought out and he is available. I know there's reports of the Wizards saying they're probably going to be trying to get something for Chris Paul, but let's face it, if people know that he's going to be available via buyout, people are going to try to pursue him that way, so I'm not sure if what they'll exactly they'll get. Maybe there'll be a team that'll come in and swoop in and get him. Let's move back to Beal a little bit here, because his, off, his trade <laughs> is a very interesting spot for the Suns now, because the way I see it, A, the depth is gone. Oh yeah, it is so gone. And B, who the hell is playing defense on this team?
1: (sighs) Kevin Durant, currently, yeah, it's so. That is so damning. (laughs) From my understanding, right now, the Phoenix Suns have five players under contract. It is Kevin Durant. Uh, once Bradley Beal gets there officially, it'll be Bradley Beal, be Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who might or may may not be on the move. Throw that last name. And then Cameron Payne. Those are the five players they have on the contract. After that, nobody. Their best defender probably last year, Josh Okoji. Uh, he's not probably not on the team unless they re-sign him. So, in terms of their best defender, yes. Currently, it is Kevin Durant. And he's. A, I think he's an underrated defender. I think he's a better help defender than he oh, is a one-on-one yeah. defender. He's mm-hmm. actually fantastic as a help defender. But this team is like, there's nothing there for after the starting lineup literally no. so like i i don't i don't really know like what the the thought process here is we just saw a team in we just saw finals where the two teams had amazing depth get there you had two star players kind of as your core and then you built around them and like it frustrates me because like kevin durant has been part of those formulas where it worked you had him and russell westbrook and okc those early years and then you had him and steph and, yes, you could say Draymond and Clay are bigger than course, But, like, I think of them as very, very, very good role players, not, like, stars as part of a, a big whatever. So, like, I don't get, like, this – again, as much of a KD fan as I am, he seems to have wanted to recruit Beal here. He obviously saw the situation with the Nets where he recruited players there, like – I get wanting to play with your boys, and I get they're good star scores, but you kind of see your teams need depth in order to like have sustainable like championship-level success. So this formula of, like, let's get these star players together and figure it out, I think is overblown, and I don't think it's going to work unless you somehow pull some depth off. So... I'll get to what I think they can do to help that situation, but I'm curious to see what you guys think on the Suns right now. Well, now,
2: actually, now that you bring it up, that makes me think. Has there been a single team in NBA history that's traded for, like, a super team that's won? Like, if you think about all the super teams, it's always built through free agency, right? So they was keep the that Heat down. built
0: through free agency? Was Chris
2: yeah, Bosh a free agent? Yeah, yeah was, he Chris uh, uh, Bosh
1: and uh, LeBron, the and Celtics there, signed obviously. their guys through free agency. Yep. Like Warriors you could kind of, you could kind of talk about. Did Dennis Rodman was, did he sign or was he traded to the Bulls? I don't even remember. But like, I guess, but not even really that. They built that through. So it's I, also the
0: thing. The thing with Kevin Durant right now is that he's building these super teams, and it failed once with Brooklyn. Yeah.
2: They're giving up too many assets for <laughs> superstars. It's,
0: it's just... cr- like Matt Ishba has traded away all of their depth in the span of. Five months, gone. Yeah. All of them gone.
1: That mortgage money is spending right now, but I don't know if it's going to be a good return on investment.
0: Like uh-huh. the offense is like in in theory on paper. Looking at that, that offense is delicious for any Suns fan to watch. Because as much as Bradley Beal had an off year, he's still Bradley Beal. Yep. We've seen him at heights. I think this puts a lot of pressure off of him. And I think that it allows him to do what he does best, which is be a pure score. And he'll help out a lot of that team, especially with Booker and Kevin Durant taking some of the pressure off that as well. But the man, I can't, I just can't get over that. They have literally no one, they literally have traded away everyone. Yep. Their entire future is gone. And I understand that you, you kind of have to because you already put your chips in the bag when you traded for Kevin Durant at the deadline, right? Like we knew something was going to happen. Like the team didn't win this year, something else was going to happen. The fact that now we're sitting here and talking about yet again another super team with Kevin Durant at the center is kind of just infuriating me at this point.
1: Well, like, my thing is, like, I, I, I can't even consider this a super team. They're just way too shallow. Like, and I get what you mean. But, I get, but like, everyone is it, labeling
0: this like like a super big team, three. right? Like a big yeah, three. It's like, a
1: big three type of thing. But I think, like, I always harken back to, like, even, like, LeBron's quote unquote super teams. I think there was holes you could see around them so i I wouldn't even call them like a real super team the only real super team i think i could call it was that warriors team because there was almost no holes on that squad you had two mvp players in their prime and there was like like there's no injury concerns really with any of them they were like they fit so well together like not to bring it back to that but like I think this team has way too many question marks for it to be like a serious super team. But like, I think that's kind of your point. Like, why put this team together this way when you could have had Katie and Devin Booker and then just built around them and have like quality pieces versus like a guy who's going to need the ball in Bradley Beal to be effective. Yes, as a tertiary scorer, he can be really, really good. He just came off of averaging like 22 points in like 50 games. So he can score the ball. When you saw him when he was a secondary guy to John Wall, he could be so effective, especially in playoff runs. But, like, he, that's also going to be a role he's going to need to adjust to, one, because you're going to have two ball-dominant guys with him now. And also, like, what is he providing for you on the other end? What is his team <laughs> providing for you on the other end? Like, Not And that's, what he, that's, what he, that's the situation he just left. His situation in Washington was that. The Wizards scored a lot of points but gave up even more points. Yeah. I don't see how the Suns team is going to look any different unless they, like, Somehow construct this roster and get it together in a certain way, but like with the money they're spending on these three guys now, I don't know how you're gonna put together an effective roster, really. And they have Bradley Beal under contract till what, 2028? Great player option. Also, sorry, of 57 million. Yeah, four guys, because DeAndre Ayton got paid too. So you're paying those four guys. So how do you build a roster around them? You better get a lot of mid-level exceptions, I guess. But I think, like I was mentioning earlier, I think they kind of have to look back into trading DeAndre Ayton for some depth. Yeah, yeah. Because like his contract is now he's not contract controlled because he just resigned last year. It's not the most ridiculous contract, especially if you're a younger team where he can fit a timeline of like one of your star players that you want to develop. So I think they seriously need to look into trading DeAndre in, and especially given the fact that he's had a bit of a fractured relationship with the front office. Obviously, there was Monty Williams in that situation. He's no longer with the team, so that could help, but. I think Aiden will also see that this team now has three players ahead of him who are going to get be prioritized offensively. So he should also see it as like, I can go somewhere else and make more of a name for myself. So I think it would be a win-win if they move Aiden, get some depth back, and make more players out of that contract number. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, like realistically, is Aiden really helping this team or could they just have like a body at center? Like could JaVale McGee start for this team? Or maybe not JaVale anymore, but, like, a player like that. and I would be, and, I'd be fine with JaVale. He was
1: me up Biambo last year. Yeah. Or like, again, like, JaVale McGee. Like, your job out there is literally grab rebounds and play some defense.
2: Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, there's no really role for Aiden anymore. So I definitely agree that that would definitely be the route to take for them. But we'll see.
0: It's just crazy to me that this Suns team has blown up their entire future for, like, now on an aging team. On, like, I, I understand Kevin Durant's available. You're never going to really get a chance to get a player like Kevin Durant. But it's just that team made the finals. They were close. They were countless years away. Aside from the Luca masterpiece that happened to them, I thought they were going to go <laughs> to the finals again that year. Yeah. And it's le- really it's leaving behind a team that Chris Paul helped build the culture on that team also. And so it's sad to see that this is the way his era ends because I feel like he got a little shafted towards the end there. And like a lot of people are, I've seen raking over the coals Chris Paul a little bit. But let's not. This team would not be anywhere close to the level of success that we're talking about right now without chris paul absolutely and chris paul helped shape that franchise so i don't know it's just it's it's just crazy it it, this is even happening there's another big three that's been built again this fast since kevin durant's last big three (laughs) like he's just shifting from big three to big three to big three and i just i'm so tired of it i i'm like i'm sorry i i'm so i'm so over it and i know you guys are avid kevin durant supporters I, I I guess right. I can't fully blame Kevin Durant, but at the same time, like what am I gonna do? What am I gonna say? Because it's been he's shifting from team to team to team and constantly building these teams. And it hasn't worked aside from the Warriors. And he joined a team that made a historic record. Why are general managers mortgaging everything on this? Why are they thinking that they can get something out of this? How there's no track record for it. There's no track record that this is going to work. So I don't yeah. understand why you're trading away Mikhail Bridges. Cam Johnson. You train with all of these young guys, these young studs, for for a chance. When the Denver Nuggets have gotten better off of building their core and getting better, and then a team comes in here and goes, let's throw all of our guys away. We had a good thing going. Screw it. Let's get Kevin Durant. Let's get Bradley Beal. I'm, I'm sick of it. I honestly—sorry. Like, I'm you know, i getting like, fed up of it.
1: I, I think it's fair because, like, why do people— not like the super team ideas, it's because it's risking parity, right? We just came off of one of the seasons where there was the most parity we've seen in quite some time. But, like, again, to counter that a little bit, it's that we've seen it not work twice. So it's really not as simple as that like, you can make a super team and then uh, the parity's all gone. Because, it, it again, the realest super team ever was the Warriors, and that I understand people's frustration with. You
0: it. You don't think the Nets were a super team?
1: No, I, th- I think, like, the idea of them being a super team are uh, labeling them, sure, it exists, but... They had holes like every other team. You had Kyrie Irving and James Harden, both with a bit of an injury track record. So same with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant joined that team on the heels of an injury, and then they also didn't have much depth. Their, one of their biggest concerns constantly was not having a good big man. They had Jared Allen for a bit who was moved. They had Nick Claxton for a bit who was moved. You had, uh, like, you got Spencer Dinwiddie in there for a little bit after who came back with the team, and you thought that could work, but then he was moved. So, like, they never had any real consistency around those three guys, and, like, Remember, I think it was the stat where when the three of them played together, the record was great. They were like twenty-six and nine or something. But when did they ever really play together? They,
0: no, they didn't.
2: Yeah, that was a really. You know good what I mean? So
1: that's what I mean. It's not. But, that but that's also
0: through a lot of other stuff like COVID and all of that yeah, screwed yeah, yeah. a lot of that up. And they're like that. That that Nets team will still stand as the biggest what if. I still I, I still think, and I know I just ranted about it all, but like the, you can't, Kevin Durant is a foot away from an, the biggest butterfly effect in the NBA uh, that we've seen good in point. years. Yeah. I, I d- just, I, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't get consistently shooting yourself in the foot. And Matt Ishpas came in, came in, and just d- d- demolished everything. Like, he came in like a wrecking ball. He's like loyalty, everything, out of it. I'm done. Get, get, trained away. No. because <laughs> well, no that's
1: the thing. Like, uh, a lot of these, like, we need to th- think about it too. Like, owners, GMs, all these people are like in these big positions because they've done big risky things in life. Like Matt Ishbia. He probably inherited more most of his mortgage money, if I have to remember correctly. But, like, the idea is that he has been part of bold, big decisions throughout his entire life. When he comes into a situation, he doesn't want to come into somebody else's situation or wear somebody else's shoes. He wants to wear his own. So, he's like, screw it. I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to start this thing how I want it to go and then live with that. So, like, at the end of the day, these are humans making human decisions. And, like, it, it is wonky. But, like, when you said, like, they, they're throwing away their future for just a chance, it, like... Would I necessarily agree with doing that? Or would you? Maybe not. But like for some people, all you play for is a chance at a championship. So if your chance can go up 5%, I think there would be a lot of fans who'd say, screw it, let's do it. So I, I think it's complicated. I think the whole super team debate can go on for so long. But I understand the frustration behind losing parity. But I also think these most recent super teams haven't really risked that parity as much as people are worried about.
2: Here's the thing, though. like The Nets... Got away with the with not winning because Kevin Durant still held value, so they got Mikael Bridges back. They got Cam Johnson. They traded Kyrie for Spencer Dinwiddie back and got (laughs) Dorian Finney Smith and some picks. So they're okay. But eventually, you're not going to be able to trade Kevin Durant for a a Mikael Bridges. Right.
0: Like if if this all crashes and burns on Phoenix, they're done. Like it's just Devin Booker and who else at that point? Because yeah, his value will expire. Yeah, you're gonna have to be like you're with these old expiring contracts. Kevin Durant's turning 36, 35 in September. Like this team is—it's now—it's literally now.
1: Well, that—that's—that's that's what Ishbia did. He went for the home run play, and like the, he's the ball. The like the, I'll use baseball analogy. Like the ball's been hit. Now we got to see if it's going to get over the fence. Which right now we don't know.
0: So who are you bringing onto this team to try to help that defense out?
1: Let me just pull. Up if it's <laughs> if they keep DeAndre Aiden, you are contacting every single post-retiree big man you can <laughs> Dwight Howard in Taiwan get back here DeMarcus Cousins get back here you LaMarcus Aldridge to, get out of retirement yeah, yeah, you're coming you're, back I'm not even kidding you're you going to Lou Williams who just retired and be like no no no, Lou come back here we'll help you get a ring like you are going to all those guys and you're asking them to come back and play for you because those are probably the yeah, only guys think. you can pay like Jack Lawndale I don't know how much money he can make in free agency but get him back here he wasn't bad Bismack <laughs> Biombo, I like it sounds funny but I'm not even kidding Get those guys back here, well, unless you trade DeAndre Aiden, get back some pieces that you can fill that roster.
0: I don't even—I don't even think it's unless this, but it has to happen. It literally has to happen, and we're see thats what we're seeing—all these reports of people being like, "Oh, Ayton's." There's been a lot of conversation with Aiden, trying to move Aiden around because you can't do it. You—I don't think there's a, any realm of possibility this roster starts the first game in October and that is the core five that you're bringing out a guy that's not even signed onto contract that you're gonna be like, "Yeah, he's in the starting five. Yeah, it's not—it's impossible. I, <laughs> there's nothing about that that'll. That makes my head Yeah, because en-
2: there's, there's lots of free agents they could use, but like Zolfi says, they literally just can't afford them. Like Harrison Barnes is going to probably get at least 20, like more than he got his last contract, which is 21 million. He's probably going to get somewhere the same. Jeremy Grant probably will make more than 20 million. Like there's these guys that it would be great fits. Josh Hart, he's a player. I probably decline. That's like 13 million. Like, Kelly Oubre, but he's not going to sign for any exceptions it's, or anything, it, so this I don't is, know.
1: This is bad timing for them, too. I don't know the full logistics of the CBA, but with the CBA changing, that aprons on, like, luxury tax and stuff are also getting a lot more aggressive. Yeah. So, like, Matt Ishbia can come in with the mortgage money and be like, hey, I'm willing to spend, but once you hit those, like, aprons and the luxury tax and you're seeing how much you have to spend, it, I don't know if he's going to be willing to be like, screw it, we'll spend as much money as it takes to put a good team around it when you know you're probably spending, like, all, millions of millions of dollars more than you need to than uh, and the next team out there. Like again, you're going to be looking at a Denver who's doing this with spending a lot less money than you. And then if you're not beating that team while you're spending that much money, I don't know how long like you can like sit with that. And I don't think Matt Ishbia would. So like those like, contractual things and the money not working in their favor. The timing of this is, has not worked out well. So like no. again, they need to figure something out, but we don't know what that is.
0: We want to move on from Bradley Beal. We want to move on from the Suns here and talk about the bomb that Shams put out. was a report that there's a big trade brewing. Three-team trade. The Wizards, Celtics, and Clippers are in strong talks on a trade that would send Christophs Porzingis to Boston, Marcus Morris and draft compensation to Washington, and Malcolm Brogdon to L.A. First off, Whoa! Yeah, that's <laughs> a mic. That. Mic gotta get that mic on.
1: There we go. Now you can hear me again. Yeah, that's as that's much as much of a, a bomb as it gets. Porzingis it with a, a, a rare
0: opt-in and trade. Those don't really happen too too much oh, anymore. Opted I didn't even, That's you know. what it would be. It would be an opt-in yeah. and trade. For salaries
2: and stuff. You can't trade him when he's. A free, free agent, agent yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are our initial thoughts on this trade? Who benefits from this? This I think this adds more to the fire of <clears> the Wizards <throat> blowing it up and seeing what happens with that taking on bad contracts and trying to figure it out. Um, I'll go with my initial thoughts first. Brogdon to LA is really weird from a Boston standpoint. I I've am I've sung Brogdon's flowers for years. I love that guy. I think It's very underrated. Con- I say underrated, but I've had debates with people in our program. He's like, "Oh, he's not underrated. He's perfectly rated." And I'm no, Maybe to some he's people. he's always been an underrated score. He was
1: basically an all star. In IQ. Indiana.
0: He's been yeah. He was a fringe all star in Indiana 40, for so long. Yeah. I know that it didn't work out as well towards the end for Boston because well, he was sick, he was injured, and there was a lot of stuff there. He instantly bolsters LA tremendously, and. I think that also raises a bit of a, okay, are they going to be going with a Russ Brogdon 1-2 here? Or are they just going to let Brogdon come in and take over? Regardless, I love the fit for L.A. I think that's a fantastic trade for them. Prazingis on Boston is so interesting because I can't vision it. Like, looking at that, (laughs) him in the starting lineup seems weird. But when you look at it a little bit further, it kind of needed to happen you know like boston needed to have a center that could do more than just play defense and this is what they've had for a couple years now robert williams the time lord as much as we all like him a lot he's not getting any better offensively that's just who he is at this point he is not offering anything offensively he is in as a grinder on defense and that's it al horford is not getting any younger he's not helping you bring in a massive big like Porzingis who can shoot, who can move the ball, and is, quite frankly, still one of the best centers in the league. It's a great move. It's a yeah. great move for Boston.
2: I hate to agree, but I definitely do. And you can even slot Porzingis at the four if you wanted and put Robert Williams and then kind of just hide him on offense. It's
1: I, I, I don't like it because I like it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like this is – one of those very interesting times where I think in a three-team trade, it was a win-win-win. Yep. I think every team comes out with what they were hoping to get out of the situation. Uh, the Clippers in getting Brogdon, they've been looking for a reliable guard to be part of that core and that team for a while. N- nothing describes Malcolm Brogdon more than reliable. Yep. He's yeah. consistent. It's a good way it. You know what you're going to get. Yes, he had a bit of those injuries there at the end of his, the season with the Celtics, but that happens at sports. But yep. when he's out there... He's reliable, he's consistent, you know you can count on him not to make too many mistakes, and that's what they need. And I do find it interesting, like the idea of like Russell Westbrook, what he can do if he comes back with that team. I would like the idea of a Brogdon starting with an, a more like shooting-oriented guard and then Westbrook off the bench, but I can see them working together if Brogdon takes more of that like shooting guard role. But I personally like him better as a ball handler and a playmaker. I do too. So yeah. again, the Clippers win in that situation. Uh, Wizards clearly blowing it up. They finally got some good tra- Well hopefully we don't know with the draft compensation. I it Marcus Morris is not a contract that's likely staying. And if I'm anybody no. who's watching this, I am calling them to ask about Kyle Kuzma. He's probably one of the last assets they have left. He I
0: did opt say. out. He did opt out. Oh, so did he, he end is, up opting out? Yes, he yeah. did. It was only 13 million, I think. And yeah. Kuzma's going to get a bag. Okay, there you go. He's so, so he's gone. He's, gone. He's, he's gone.
1: gone. he's getting he's getting a bag from another team. Uh, but the the Celtics I find so interesting cuz uh I think both of you are right, and I find that like what you said, Spencer, like him playing at the four, will be really cool because the, the trio of uh, Robert Williams, Al Horford, and Kristaps can provide you so many different looks, mixing and matching them. Where you have it's chaotic, yeah. they can go big. Yeah, they can go small. like they can go big, they can go small, and like Al, like Al Horford and Kristaps can both be perimeter oriented if you need to. Kristaps is still a really good defender, so if you add him with Robert Williams, they can get some inside the paint presence. And I think a big reason for this is they needed to change or find a way to change their play style a little bit. You can use Kristaps in a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop situation, which you couldn't necessarily do with Al as much or Robert Williams. Like, you could kind of do it with them separately. Al would be good as a pick-and-pop player, Robert Williams more of a pick-and-roll, whereas Kristaps does both. But it also gives you an inside presence that you just didn't have with this Celtics team. They were so perimeter-oriented with Jalen and Jason and Marcus Smart, just shooting, shooting, shooting as many threes. Obviously, Kristaps is known for taking threes in his time, too. But, a unicorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he also has the ability to play inside and be a presence there, especially with his size. So, like, I think he adds an element where this team will need to take some time to figure it out. But if they can and Kristaps can stay healthy, he is coming off one of his healthiest seasons in recent memory. He Played sixty-five games. Like, I think they can get a lot out of the situation. He averaged twenty-three points, eight rebounds, three assists, fifty percent shooting from the field, basically thirty-eight percent from 3 like he's good he, he's good slags. Przingis he's, he's, got he's, so
0: much flack and he's just still one of the most consistent centers yeah. in the league and i think that's just because new york just threw him out at the end yeah the i think um, it
1: was the whole new york ending and then uh cuz ringus yeah ringus meme, <laughs> and uh his dallas tenure didn't go as well as people thought just because of like you thought him and luca would be this great european connection kind of uh similar to what maybe nash and dirk were for dallas back in the day even though nash is canadian but uh I just think people were hoping for that and it didn't happen mm. so that tainted the idea of Kristaps. but then again this last season phenomenal I would have probably said he was a fringe all-star if not an all-star in my books on a better team he would have been yeah yeah so like you add an all-star level player with the two all-star level players in uh Jalen and Jason and then you have a guy like Marcus Smart still there Al Horford Robert Williams like this is a very talented team again like I keep bringing it back but if a guy like Danilo Gallinari stays with this team and comes back off the bench. Like you are talented. It, it's reminding me a lot yeah, of what Gallinari this, opted in. Okay, there you go. Like this so is reminding back. me a lot of what I was what I uh, view the Denver Nuggets team as right now. You have a core two stars. You put together like very good pieces around them that could probably be all-stars in different situations. Like, Aaron Gordon probably could have been an all-star on a different team. MPJ, maybe, maybe not, depending on how good of a shooting season he has. And, like, if he was on a really bad team in the East and he just went nuts with usage, I could see uh, MPJ making an all-star game that way. I wouldn't bank Imagine on Imagine him it. on
0: his own team, every <laughs> shot, going oh, up bro. immediately. He's shooting 30 yeah. shots a game. He's,
1: he literally would put up the biggest usage numbers ever, and his efficiency would be god-awful. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like... I think the Celtics have the talent with this to probably get them over the edge. Obviously, things have to strike right because, like I said, Joe Mizzou will have to figure this out a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think this is such a win-win-win for all teams, and the Celtics are the most compelling team in this to me because he can provide so much for them that they don't currently have.
0: I do have to say this is not official yet at the time of recording. This very yeah. much could be, depending on what the time that the episode comes out. But if it is the opt-in and trade, it would be a $36 million cap that would be going on. It's a lot of money for Przingis. Does this feel like it'll be a one-and-done for Przingis, Like, do, with, especially with Brown getting his supermax, does this feel like very much like a Boston is like, okay, we're trading away our six-man of the year, who was fantastic for us, but helping our positions. Is this the year? Is this like the last strike for Boston to try to get that championship ring?
2: I think I think they like the idea that it could be a one-and-done. I don't know if they've. Fully made up their mind, but I think they like the idea that if it doesn't work, then they get that $36 million off their book. If it does work, maybe they could sign them. A good point. I don't know how much cash they still have. but do
1: you, uh, do you guys see any of this as maybe being a like we're willing to let Jalen Brown go? And then we'll, oh, I we'll, see it the opposite. I,
0: yeah, I do too. I
1: don't, I, I don't have a decision either way. I'm kind of curious if like they're kind of willing to bring in a guy like Perzingis and maybe see what he can do with, instead of having two perimeter guys, having a perimeter guy and Jason Tatum with a quote-unquote big in uh, Kristaps instead.
2: That's interesting you see it that way because immediately I thought the opposite. I thought the fact that they're giving up a guard means that they're actually Planning on keeping Jalen Brown, I and mean, that's very basic of me. That's just how I thought of it instantly because they obviously. I now didn't still even. Have, yeah,
0: did, it didn't even cross my mind that Brown would be gone. Yeah, it didn't. Prazingis. It didn't cross
1: my mind at first either. But like, if we literally like rewind like a month ago, we were talking about like should the Celtics keep Brown? Is Brown yeah. gonna be maybe going to Houston, going to other places? So mm-hmm. like, the idea seemed really possible that Brown could leave. And like you, to your point, this could maybe convince him to stay. But like, I'm curious if like there's any thought to like. Brown not being there and what this team is like without him and but Kristaps being in what this what would play. this
0: team look like without Brown there that's, with prisingas getting that's what added I'm thinking in now. that feels weird to me. I don't know how I could view Who, just Tatum and Przingas. So it'd be
1: Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Derek, and Derek, Derek White. But then would be starting would be who's, like your who's your backup guard? Who's
0: coming off the yeah? Who's coming off the bench now at this point because you just moved there, your most reliable?
2: Is like is Peyton Pritchard finally getting a big oh, role? Like it's just I, I don't, don't know. know. But I, like I, I tr- again, I, will
0: I never I, trust Peyton Pritchard. again.
1: and you guys brought up yeah. Derek White. I'm very curious about what his role is going to be throughout all this because I see them willing to give up Brockton as them being like we're fine with Derek White as our other guy.
2: Yeah, I think he'll be six man. I think they'll probably, st- I think they'll switch probably, but I think they'll start Marcus Smart most games. But I think if they want to yeah, go yeah, small, yeah. they could maybe move Porzingis to center, Smart to the two, and then rotate Derek everyone White in. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do we know how much longer Smart has contract wise? Is it one more year? Uh, I
2: have no idea. Because
0: Derek, Derek White has two more years. So it's next year and then the year after. I think this very much is a, yeah, we, we trust Derek White. Which, fair enough, Derek White is...
2: Yeah, he balled out. Imagine having that much talent that you can just be like, yeah, oh, we'll just trade away Brogdon. There, and, you know. Hey,
0: people say Denver is one of the deepest teams in the league. This is also right up there as equally as oh, one absolutely. of the like, The fact that you're just moving Malcolm Brogdon, you <laughs> winner know, the sixth it's... man, and you're getting Prazingis for him. Is crazy to me.
2: Imagine having that much exposable talent that you can, or disposable, not exposable. Couldn't be the
1: raps. (sighs) Couldn't be the raps.
2: No. Uh, Marcus Smart is under contract until the end of the 2026 season. Okay, so a few more. They're fine. Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll see if this trade goes through or not. Let's move on to the Raptors now. There's been, oh my goodness, how many reports coming out this week about the Toronto Raptors from them being stubborn to deal with, that was a report that came out, as well as the Raptors being unwilling to trade OG Ananobi, <sighs> to being reluctant to blowing up the roster, that one's from Grange, to seeing themselves in a similar position as the Miami Heat, to Jakob Pertle not wanting to stay on a rebuilding team, and to Gary Trent Jr. opting <sighs> in. So where do we want to start in all of this?
2: Can I just quickly start by saying Michael Grange has been just all over the place with this one. It's like he, every story would be like the Raptors may trade everyone or they may keep everyone.
0: I just if they, part
1: of me doesn't blame him though. No, it just, it just
0: it just speaks I mean. to like, like we we never know with this team. We'll never know what's going on in them, and there's so no
2: leaks. No, that's our main beat reporter that has no idea what's going on. I, I sorry, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say I, I think we should start with just Gary trying opting in to yeah. start. Um, I I personally love it. Gary is is very streaky, but he is also the best shooter on the Raptors, pure shooter. He's the best
1: at creating his own shot.
0: Right. And he's 24. His opt-in gives him $18.3 million on the books this year, but there is also reports with his opt-in that him and the Raptors are working on a longer-term contract to keep him in Toronto, which is exciting. You know what, in just regular terms, seeing a player – that's not European, coming to the Raptors and wanting to stay, it's kind of nice. It doesn't, ha- <laughs> it, like, it doesn't happen We've often. been kind
1: of spoiled by the last couple of years of Masai making deals and the Kawhi stuff and uh, even like Kyle and DeMar that we forgot that it's way more common that players don't stay with Toronto. So for a player to pick a Toronto and want to stay here, it, you're right, it is a good feeling.
0: It was feeling like the Norman Powell trade wouldn't necessarily be a win And I know the long history of that trade, going all the way back to Grievous Vasquez um, and getting OG and Obi, and basically now Gary Trent for those. It's nice to see. I am excited that Gary is back. I think under a new coach is the most interesting prospect of that. And I think that's partially part of the reason Gary probably wanted to stay because he didn't have as good of a year. He now has a chance to rebuild his brand. And even if they don't work on a longer-term contract, say, this year, and they just do say, hey, look, we want to give you a longer-term contract. Let's figure it out at the end of the next year. You have a season to figure it out. I think it's a good move, and it necessarily doesn't pertain to this whole idea of them running it back. It could fit the rebuilding because Gary is still 24. He's younger. He fits the timeline a lot more. I like it. I'm happy Gary's back.
1: Yeah, I am too. I, I think Gary is a talented player who had an off season. I think a new direction, a new coach and voice can help unlock him. Like uh, Again, Nick Nurse is a great coach, but he for some reason didn't really seem to have the same faith or I guess for lack of a better term, like of Gary and what his game brought to the table. So I think having a bit more consistency and support in that regard could go a long way for Gary. And again, like you said, it's nice that he's here. My main things with this is this, this again, I just... I'm, I keep hoping, as a fan of this team, that a move is going to indicate a direction. This doesn't, because, you, like you said, you could see them running it back. I saw Grange tweeted out how, like, he first thought that, like, Gary Trent's extension almost means that this team will have to likely run it back based on money and stuff. But then he said the luxury tax numbers for this upcoming season came out higher than it's anticipated, so like, they could sign Fred Van Vliet and Pertle without having to necessarily run it back. because they Do can you really to think it. that
0: this team is going to reach into the luxury tax to do that? That feels absurd to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But, again, when Messiah says we want to compete and win, we want to do this and that, like, okay, so if you want to compete and win, you're probably only going to really be able to do it with the guys you already have on this team. And to re-sign all of them, you probably have to go into the tax. Oh. Like, I, I agree to your point. Do I think that's a good idea or if they should? Probably not.
0: That feeds to similar to the report of them wanting reluctant to blow up the roster. And that yeah. just, yeah, we, we don't know. We literally have no idea what direction they're still going.
1: And, like, Gary, like I said, to, to my original point, like, he could be part of that retool and, right. like, run it back, but also he could be very likely part of the rebuild. Uh, I, I can't remember the article that I read, but it talked about how, like, the pairing of Gary and Scotty in the times they had together was incredibly effective. They have a chemistry. They like playing with each other. And it's an underrated pairing because we didn't really think of it much or see much of it. But those two together have something special. They're kind of similar to Scotty has with OG. Scotty's just good with everyone, apparently. At least all the young guys. So, like, again, it's exciting to hear that a young guy wants to stay. And you see what he can do with a OG next to him and a Scotty, who the three of them clearly like playing with each other. Mm -hmm. So, like, the rebuild route sounds pretty enticing when you talk about it like that. But... If you also talk about it in the way that, like, hey, Darko Ryakovich can help unlock a bit of Gary, then I could also see him being an awesome piece on a competing team. So it just frustrates me because as a fan (laughs) of this team, I still don't have a direction. And maybe, just freaking maybe, after the draft tomorrow, we will see a direction. But even then, I'm not sure. Fingers crossed. So who knows? But Gary's back. I'm happy he's back. I hope that he can have a bounce-back season for himself, get that bag. And whatever this Raptors team does, he will be a big part of it. So that's just good to know.
2: I just want to I, – I, I got thrown into a blender here, guys. I was looking up Gary Trent Jr. I was trying to find his dog's name. Cause I remember there was something that like he named, <laughs> his, he named his dog after uh, something to do with Toronto. And I couldn't remember exactly what the name was. So I was looking it up. <laughs> he, it's, I, this is the second sentence of his Wikipedia. It absolutely threw me off. He has three brothers named Garrison, Grayson, and Graydon. What? Why? Ga- so you know how long it took me to realize that that wasn't Grayson and Grayson twice. I was like, "Does this guy have two brothers named Gar- Garrison?
0: Garrison? <laughs> That's <laughs> not a name. Garrison, Grayson, and Grayden. Garrison is not a name.
1: Gary Trent Senior named his children Gary, Gary. Trent Junior, Garrison, Garrison. That can't. Can, can you, are you sure like
0: someone one? didn't just edit
1: that? I I don't wait,
0: know. Wait, wait, wait.
2: What's uh,
1: the last one? Graydon So, so
0: he he went-
2: Grayson, Graydon, and Garrison, and, and, and Gary. Gary. <laughs>
0: what? The Why? Heck? Though
2: I did not find his dog's name But I that threw me through I had to read that so many times To realize I'm like There's no way he named his Both his sons Grayson So it took me a while to realize It was He switched the R and the A so,
1: Also Do you guys remember back in February When um, The KFC did that like outdoor court, and then Gary showed up for an appearance. Yep. All I'm saying is, if you show up to play basketball in the middle of winter in Canada, you're probably liking the place and you're staying. Well, that was so, like the... I don't think he would have done that if he wasn't gonna come back.
2: That was the point I was trying to facilitate by finding his dog's name. <laughs> is that there was rumors that <laughs> instead he was... of just shaming
0: his family's names <laughs> <laughs> it's, I,
1: it's I don't Garrison. think it's shaming. I think it's just the most bizarre. It
0: thing is ever. very bizarre. Gary said th- Grayson and graded there, and there, Gary. <laughs> there was
2: rumors that he was unhappy with the Raptors last season and I, I just I was kind of trying to facilitate a point that that comes out a lot with the Raptors it seems like and it always seems to be false so, so I was trying to get some backup and find his dog's name and I went I
0: think there's probably some truth to it I, I might
1: be the best thing you found on this
0: I agree show so that's far. so funny no I think he he probably was frustrated Nick Nurse threw him through a blender last year he was yeah. starting him putting him off the bench telling him publicly shaming him for not being yeah. good on defense when he had was the second on the team for steals per game and I think that I, I like I just said I I wasn't expecting it because looking through everything else that happened thinking okay well maybe he'll he'll do more and I was like oh he, he could opt in like he didn't have the yeah. greatest year and it, I, it actually happens and we know how much his dad loves Toronto we know how much when he came here in his first season he talked about how much he's so so excited to come to Toronto and after the season is like all oh, the fans are amazing i love it here and it's just nice to see
1: yeah, your point yeah. reminded me uh about how you said like how he was relegated to the bench a couple times and came back he has made it a, a very like public point that he wants to be a starter in this league yes so that is something that's going to be interesting to navigate in all of this Ooh. is can he continue on that trajectory when he came to Toronto i think in that trade i think he had an idea that he Was going to be able to be a starter And I see him very similar In Norman Powell as in like he can Be a starter but he has to show That he can be productive when he doesn't just Have the ball in his hands so I need To see that development from him and I think that is going to be a factor in all of this. I don't know if it's been like a conversation with the front office where they've said you get to be a starter this season or if the Ryakovich thinks that Gary can be a starter on this team. But, like, I think we can all agree Gary off the bench and Gary as a starter are two very different players or very yeah. different impacts on this team. I don't want
0: to see Gary on the bench again. I want to see him back on the starting lineup.
1: I think he's his most productive in the starting lineup. It's the
0: same thing with Norm. Norm Norm was not nearly as productive as the bench when he was starting, especially during that Tampa year. He was so good.
1: Because when you're coming off the bench like that, your minutes are more sporadic. You can't get into the rhythm the same way. And guys like Norm and now Gary need that rhythm. And they, they need that confidence. Like When you see Gary confident, he takes some tough, tough shots. But you're fine with it because he'll make a lot of them with that confidence. When he's not confident, he's not playing the same way. He's like settling on different kinds of shots and stuff and like he loses that juice that you need out of a guy well, like his that. His
0: confidence was shot towards the end of the year last year. His playing game, he shot <laughs> <laughs> oh, .143. You
1: can't bring in that playing game. I don't it, want to forget
2: it. He played
0: 17 minutes and he scored 2 points. Like that's yeah. he, he his confidence was shot by the end of the year and partially that is Nick Nurse.
2: That's my only problem with Nick Nurse.
0: So I'm excited to see his vision moving forward with this Raptors team. I'm happy he's here. And uh, that's a positive in the offseason so far.
1: Yay. For him to be willing to come back after the way the season ended and all that stuff says how much, like you said, Spencer, like how much he's really into this team and into what this team can be. So positives, man. Finally, something positive.
0: That's one free agent down. Two more, still question marks around Fred Van Vliet, whether he will be coming back or not. The other one, Jakob Pertl. Doesn't want to go on a rebuilding team. That one is from Jonathan Giovanni. So it is a legit reporter there. Oof.
1: That is is scary. Not scary. It's worrisome.
0: It's scary if they lose him and they lost their first-round pick for that. It's scary. And then the Raptors are back again with the no center thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Does it does Gary opting in indicate that Fred might be leaving though? Because like Zolfi said, like he could have easily just opted out and probably got a one year deal for 15 million. I think somewhere.
0: Gary opting in is pushing this. Like it's literally going to be pushing the front office to do something because now they're going to actually have to think. Okay, well like we we now there's money aspects to it because maybe they weren't even sure that Gary was going to opt in or not, and now that you have Gary opting in. Are you like I was mentioning before? Are you really going into the luxury tax to pay Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pernal? Like I, I don't see it. I won't rule it out because it's always a possibility. I would like them to keep Jakob, but at the same time, this is this is seemingly like they're forcing the direction of that. Yeah, they're just going to be running it back
1: again. Well, like yeah, like to your point, like you'd like to keep Jakob, but if Jakob doesn't want to be on a rebuilding team. At the end of the day, the Raptors really don't have any control in that situation other than trying to keep, re- keep a good team around him. Because if there's any indications the Raptors go the other way, well, then uh, Pertl's gone. He's just going to yeah. sign with another team, and then you've lost your first-round draft pick for nothing.
0: It's part of it, too, if they just trade Siakam away, who's his best friend. Yeah, that's... that's that yeah, That like, feels like a, he just might be a okay, k-bye.
1: Yeah, like the dominoes he will, will he, fall he will do like that. really quickly in any of those situations. The only realistic way that Jakob, in my mind, can stay is if uh they put a contending team around him and they retool which again some people will like some will not or they tell him we're gonna go in a different direction rebuild and get younger uh we're gonna trade your best friend away but hey we'll give you a crap ton of money to stay (laughs) and be a part of this so we don't look like idiots for trading uh, a first round pick for you and like, hey, maybe he takes it. I won't blame a guy for taking a lot of money, but it sounds like he doesn't care as much about the money as he does winning. And if that's the case, the well, only realistic way he'll stay with years rotting yeah. in San Antonio. Yeah, the so only realistic sense. way he'll stay with the, the Raptors, then, in my like perspective, is that they need to put a good team around him, or at least a contending team. So that would signal rebuild, then, right? I don't know. Do you, do you guys like? I, I need to tool,
2: a, Sorry, I need to ask an honest question here because I just I've been thinking about it. If you if you run the lineup of um Gary like you get rid of Fred and then you put Gary in the starting lineup and you run that lineup all season or you keep Fred how many more wins do you think the team gets with Fred at the starting point guard rather than having Gary in the starting lineup and
0: so the Raptors would just be point guardless Like
2: well like just you just have, starting
0: like just literally so it would be Scotty Siakam OG They
2: might have a point guard but just like Siakam for example Gary? like if they trade Fred, do you think they lose that many wins next season? I mean, or not didn't. trade Fred, but just lose him. They might just lose him.
0: Because like, personally,
2: I, I don't they think won, they like, lose 40 that some games, They won 40-some games. They won
0: 41 games and lost 41 games. Like they were, plus, they were 500. Personally, I think – How much better or worse are they going to yeah, get without I, Fred?
1: I don't think <sighs> losing Fred makes you much worse than like 40 wins. I don't think so either. I have to agree. Like I think whether they have Fred or not next
2: season, I think the season looks a lot – like this, it looks. The it's same. it's
1: hard to base that. Like I get I get your question. It's hard to base it off last season because of the way we all just can agree they underperformed. Mm-hmm. So like, if this team was where they should be at, should should have been at, which is like let's let's say for argument's sake, forty nine wins, not fifty. Let's say forty nine. So if they're at forty nine wins, then I see like without Fred, there you're probably getting closer to like your 40, 41, 42. But when they're already at that number because of the uh, them end up performing, it's hard to kind of like make that estimation now because like we didn't see what this team should have been last year. Sorry, sorry, I
2: should have worded a little bit differently. Cause I see what you're saying, but I'm just I'm saying forget about last year. I'm just saying just this year, two hypothetical seasons, one with Fred, one without. Is the win totals much different?
0: Well, Siakam went down in that stretch. If like you're talking about this year, right? Like just this. Year,
2: like if if we simulated a season with Fred and then we simulated a season without Fred, are the win totals for those two teams much different this upcoming season?
0: They're probably worse without Fred. But
2: by how many games would you? Just- Five, maybe. Okay.
1: Yeah, like I can't see it being super significant. His like win shares in again, I don't understand win shares totally It was like six and a half games. So let's say. If you lose six less games, how different is it really? Like you're probably, uh, they don't have a the lo- uh, play-in loss, which yeah.
0: could have saved my mental health a little bit. And got us a better draft pick.
1: Yeah, so like you would be uh, a better lottery team, I guess, without Fred. But th- that that's going on a lot of things because uh, Scotty Barnes' role would be bigger and right. his development would go further. And what would that mean? Could he make up for those losses and uh, whatnot? So... I don't know. There's a lot of question marks, but I again to your original question, losing Fred would make this team worse. I don't think that's a stretch to say, but yeah. I don't think it would be back breaking per se.
0: The funniest thing would be is that if they kept Fred, they kept Jakob, they go into the luxury tax, get them all, and this team eclipses 50 wins next year. Well, they just run it back with a new it's coach. It's ridiculous and they how just likely up, that
1: could be. That's also very poss- reasonable. They were one of the, the better
0: league. teams post trade deadline once they got Jakob Pirtle. Yeah, it is possible. I know a lot of Raptors fans probably don't want to hear that. It is possible. And I, I get some of the reports that like they're reluctant to blow up their roster because of that. Because you don't know. You literally don't know. Now that they have the center, Masai doesn't want to take in that on the chin that being like, look, we just got you a center. If we blow up now, it feels pointless for the trade to begin with that they got, Jakob. Right. And I don't know. It's weird. The scene in a similar, similar position as Miami feels a little weird.
1: Yeah, I these teams have a lot of similarities in that sense. Like, But, like, Miami went on this Cinderella run, but if they hadn't have and they got out on the first Then round, they would have been in the same. It would have been the same situation, right? It's yeah. just different because yeah. in Miami you do have that star, star guy in Jimmy Butler, whereas in Toronto you don't really have that. Like, Siakam is close in some ways, but you in terms of the final few moments, raising in those situations and stuff like that, it's a little different. But, yeah, like... I think you raised a good point that like this team could easily win fifty games and a lot of the, the naysayers and attractors would probably disappear. And that's how fickle I think, Toronto fans are. Yeah. Yep. It just it just speaks to how quickly we forget. Like two years ago this team went to the second round completely overachieved and then you go have a bad year and all of a sudden it's like the sky is falling, everything needs to change. But, like, I kind of see, again, I personally would like the idea of going younger. I just think that it's more exciting. But I can very easily see why Masai is like, whoa, like, we can we can very easily be at least making the second round, if not going further, if things break our way, based on this talent. Because we could win over 50 games, and we've kind of seen it already with a bit of the score. So,
2: so can I just, I just want to, like, kind of wrap on what I was getting at, because you guys built on it perfectly almost without me even saying anything. So you do you guys say they could get 50 wins and Jake said without Fred they're probably five wins We're, we use five wins for argument because Jake said it. So without Fred they're Oh, you're putting my name on that. No, <laughs> no, but no, it's 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 just hear me <laughs> out. It's yeah. so with Fred let's say they get 50 wins. Okay. Without him they get 45, right? Why not just like I I mean, I don't want to really sign Fred for 100 million because three years from now it's going to bite us in the ass, but like next year why not? Like if you're gonna if you're not gonna trade everyone and blow it up and like Zolfi says, go super young and exciting where you can watch and they can lose by twenty and you can still be excited, like might as well just go all in. It's your point. Like that, that
0: echoes my comments from last episode that like I wanna I wouldn't mind seeing Fred with a new coach. I wouldn't mind just seeing the team see what happens. And if it doesn't work next year, by say the trade deadline, it's the same stuff is happening, then you blow it up. Then you just go, okay, like it's done Like at this point. Trade Siakam mid-deadline. It's looking more and more like Siakam and OG are just not going to get moved, especially the report that OG, they're unwilling to trade OG. Makes sense timeline-wise if you're going younger and retooling. Makes sense current-wise if you're trying to compete. Let's move from one team to the other team that doesn't know what the hell they're doing as well, the Portland Trailblazers. There's reports by Chris Mannix that they are unwilling to give up that third pick there. They have reached out about OG Ananobi and Siakam and possibly team up with Dame in Portland. However, they do not want to give up that third. Puts precipice as well to them wanting to be competitive with Damian Lillard while still building for the future. Sounds eerily familiar, doesn't it? What is Portland doing?
1: (sighs) You can't have both. No. But this is the thing; they are reportedly unwilling to trade this third pick. They're willing to trade the twenty-third, and now there's this report that comes out by Woj on the Pat McAfee show: the Blazers have shut down all trade calls on Damian Lillard. So what are you doing? <laughs> you're 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 going to draft a guy a third and then pair him up with Damian Lillard and then hope it works out?
0: Dame's and not going to let that happen. Dame Dame, be he happy. said
1: he doesn't really want that. And then if you do that, like, well, are you going to be a competitive team in the West? Not really. No. So like, you're gonna. Be again, like similar to the Raptors in a in a sense, a little stubborn here about what you think is going to happen. But none of us outside the the room are experts. I understand, but if everyone can agree that this doesn't sound like a good idea, probably not a good idea. Like we said, one of these directions makes sense if you commit to it. Mm-hmm. Either you go for the third pick, you keep it, you trade Dame, you go rebuild, or. You keep Dame, trade that third pick for a current star that can help your team, and then commit to this core right now. But like like you said, Jake, they're not trying to commit to either, and it's no. probably going to blow up in their face. Yeah, Damian
2: Lillard's so gone, boys.
0: It's crazy because this guy's so loyal. He's been so loyal to this team for his entire career, and he's blatantly flat out told the people that he wants to stay in Portland, but he he needs help, and he wants help. And if you're sitting here and telling me that this front office is going to go, okay, like Dame, just hear us out. We are going to get you help, but that's also going to be in the third pick, and it could be Scoot, it could be Brandon.
2: We don't know yet. And we don't know if either of those guys are going to be
1: good.
0: Like- it's crazy to me.
1: He has one year left on his contract. After this, nice. and he
0: like, doesn't owe them, If they do, if they do this, he doesn't owe them anything. Like he, oh, absolutely, it's, he's he perfectly in his rights to be like, you're not listening to me. I asked for help. Goodbye.
1: I hope
2: he sits out. This is the one time I hope someone sits
1: out and demands. It's just trade. ridiculous to me that like, like you said, Spencer, he will leave if you go this route. Like, of it's course almost, he will. But so like, why? If you were, if you think he's gonna leave by going this route, why not just trade him away anyways and get some value out of him? Unless for some reason the Trailblazers think they'll get more value at like the trade deadline or something versus now, which I don't understand because, like you said, if they make this decision now, you risk Damian Lillard not wanting to be here and he can sit out games. He yep. can lower his trade value by doing things like that because the more you get to see that Damian Lillard doesn't want to be there, the less his trade value gets. Right now, it's probably the highest it will be if you do the situation of trade of drafting a person at third. So, like, dude, just trade him then if that's the case.
0: It's not that hard. It's literally not that hard.
1: Take one direction. Go
2: for
0: it. But then there's two front offices that are doing the same thing. Yeah, granted, ones at a higher scale with Portland, and they have more at risk with either way that they go.
2: Yeah, the Raptors don't have players that are threatening to leave if they don't no. do do a certain thing. Which Damian, I Lillard mean, Jakob Pertl, kind of is threatening. True, <laughs> true, but he's not quite the player. Jakub Dane, Dane, potato,
0: <laughs> What do we think's happening with Portland?
2: I'm starting to believe that Damian Lillard won't be there to start next season. I really wanted to think that they'd trade away that pick and we'd like we'd finally see like a an All Star duo in Portland since CJ left. But um, I, w- I really wanted to see Damian Lillard with a big. I don't. I just think that we will, but on another team.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, man i I don't know what the answer here is. I will go with the answer that I want to happen. Like similar to Spencer, I want that third pick to be traded. I want it ideally to be with the Raptors involved. I am so in on Scoot Henderson. I think he can be such an exciting player. I think he has amazing upside. So I would love the Raptors to somehow be able to trade in to get him. Obviously, none of that is looking realistic now by both sides. Mm. But I would want that so then they can pair a Damian Lillard up with a a Pascal Siakam or – an OG on an OB and then find some other moves to make with it. Like, if I'm the Blazers, I say screw it. You don't like this idea of like they want to keep one of their young, uh, with one of their draft picks doesn't make sense to me because it's like that whole like you're playing both sides thing. Like, you have Shade and Sharp, you have Anthony Simons, okay? So, Trade your third pick. Trade your twenty-third pick. Get in guys into this roster that are going to help right now. You get a Pascal Siakam for that third. I don't even know what type of player you'll get for the twenty-third pick. But like when
0: you're seeing Zion's name getting thrown out there too, that he's available. Like yeah. what? Why is it that so difficult? If you're hearing that Zion Williamson is available, go get him. Yeah. Go help him. Like go. It, it, to me, it seems asinine that this is even a conversation that to the trade deadline. Where is this Wednesday that this is being recorded? That we're having, we have no resolution on anything that's going to happen. And the second that they pick it, if they tell Turner Day being like, "Yeah, sorry, we just we wanted it, <laughs> we wanted Scoot," we want he's going to say okay, yeah. bye." Like, yeah, like, yeah Dame, man, Dame, We want
1: you too. here, but we also want this really young, like, exciting player and this young core. So, like, kind of just make it work, okay? Like, no, <laughs> he's not going to do that. Are they going to run four guards?
0: There's also the reports coming out that the Trailblazers think that they have a capable package to steal Bam Adebayo away from Miami. No. It's not <laughs> happening.
2: This is no. I think like, Miami's a buyer, not a seller, but... Of course, 100%. but <laughs> a, if
0: you're in the finals and you are selling yeah. right off... You I mean, know, I'm no expert, like, but it seems like it.
1: I think they're like... T- uh, I think a team that's looking at the heat and thinking they would do that is super, like, very <laughs> underestimating how I guess like top-heavy Miami is. Like It's Bam and Jimmy, and after that, a bunch of undrafted guys really so like you give away bam what is that team left with
2: then they're trading jimmy too if they're trading bam they're trading jimmy so
1: yeah so like i i don't i don't understand how you could take how the heat would be willing to consider that what like those picks that you get back wouldn't make any sense unless like you said spencer they're trading jimmy because jimmy's timeline is now
0: Mm. we'll see what happens draft is tomorrow the first overall Victor Wembayana was in New York, had a little fun, little date there.
1: Like, ten- potential first overall. Sorry, never, sorry, my bad. Yeah, never we never, know. we never know what
0: could happen. Uh, took rode the subway for the first time. Yeah. See the video of him walking down the subway and his head was yeah, like,
1: that Yankees jersey <laughs> on. Did you see him the holding baseball? the baseball? Yeah, it looked like it a looked raisin. Like, it looked like a stress ball, bro. It's like.
0: crazy. So the future of San Antonio will be arriving tomorrow, apparently. Sorry, can't put that out for sure if it's going to happen.
1: Uh, you don't want to be the one guy who I can don't, I don't. Number two and number gone.
0: three, there was reports that the second pick is going to be Brandon Miller Yes. and that the Charlotte Hornets have zeroed in on him. The fun little one that I'm going to throw in here, Michael Jordan has the final say.
1: So who knows? <laughs> he's selling the team, but he's like, before I go next year, there's one thing I'm going to do. I want to make this pick final. It takes a second round prospect. Hey. I'm Michael Jordan, and before I sell my team, I want to make one last bet.
0: (laughs) Does the comments that Brandon Miller said today bring (laughs) his stock value down just a little bit? I'm going to play it here. This was the uh, pre-draft. Every day before, they always have little pressers. First of all, the table that he's sitting at is depressing. They couldn't have gotten him a nicer state to sit at. He looks so sad just sitting there. You can tell the
1: NBA is just like, yeah, let's get through with these. No one's going to care. But then Brandon Miller says something like that. And then people are all over it. Yeah, so this is a
0: conversation about the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Brandon Miller says option C. He
3: says you're wearing black and red at the draft, right? Jordan wore black and red as a member of the Bulls. Here's my question unrelated to that. You're young. Older people, young people often have this LeBron and Michael conversation. I'm not going to ask you who's the greatest because that's old. But because you've been in Michael's presence and because you grew up liking LeBron, as a young person, do you feel like that conversation is just overdone? No,
2: because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is you know, the goal to basketball. I think my goal to basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so... It's never just LeBron, man. That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> my goat is an interesting yeah, way to say I, favorite I'm, player. I'm glad so I think he, that's what he meant. Yeah,
1: I'm glad he at least said my to preface that. But also... One, what a setup for that question. That's that Crazy. Like, uh, yeah. That was But also like he asked him like, Hey, what do you think about that conversation of uh, MJ versus LeBron? You could have just said, like, yeah, I don't think much of the conversation. I think the go debate is kinda silly. You were like, No, but let me tell you about Paul George. Remember that guy who wasn't like even an MVP ever? Like let me talk about so that guy. So
0: out of nowhere
2: too. The guy literally says, I'm not gonna ask you your go, but he's like, No, let me yeah, tell I'm you right. my <laughs> go. Let me tell Paul you about this George. Guy.
1: Like, hey, no knock on Paul George. Paul George is a great player. He is, again, one of the cooler guys in today's NBA. And I kind of see him, like I was telling Spencer, there's a kind of in the Carmelo Anthony light. He's a really good player. Everyone should respect his talent. But should he be anybody's GOAT? No. (laughs) I, I think so what he funny. meant to say was like
2: my favorite player. The Ascendants no, but he he
0: literally says my goat. He does, though. but yeah. the
2: sentence after he says, that's who I love growing up, whatever. It's like, okay, so it's your favorite player. My goat. Like, that was wild. <laughs> that is wild.
1: Man. I. Do you think this affects his draft stock? I really hope not. I but know.
2: There's no
0: way it does. I mean, I like, I see a couple if, of.
1: If what happened earlier
2: in the year didn't affect his draft stock. I,
1: I yeah,
0: think yeah, we're yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and
1: yeah. okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a very good we'll point, but let's move past that.
0: Yeah, so that's just a little fun one. Uh, who's going two? Who's going three? Let's go around the, the room.
1: Uh, I am gonna, I'm gonna go with what I think is a sensible thing in the Hornets taking Brandon Miller. I think okay. he'll fit better with uh, Lamelo Ball and that young uh, team and have a better – not a better upside because I think Scoot has a better upside, but the idea of uh, Brandon Miller working with LaMelo Ball will probably happen faster and more seamless than a Scoot-LaMelo Ball backcourt.
2: Yeah, I I actually have to agree. I think that they're going to take Brandon Miller. If I was making the pick, I would probably just still pick Scoot. Oh, same. Um, But I'm not making the pick. Michael Jordan is, and he's probably going to go with the – the best available he seems to like to do that a lot it's worked out not so great in the past but uh, i think he's gonna do it again tomorrow
0: it's three for three for me brandon miller's going number two now is the trade happening despite everything we said about portland are they trading that pick tomorrow or are they trading it any other day or is this actually happening is Damian Lillard leaving
1: I think if the pick happens, Damian Lillard is leaving. And it, again, he can't just leave in the middle of like the season or the offseason because they'd have to trade him. But I think if he somehow plays through that season, he's gone. But like, if Brandon Miller goes to, the idea of pairing Damian with Scoot just makes no sense. No like sense. You could have the absolute minimal 1% chance of saying Brandon Miller, a wing-type player, with dame could have some potential like you wanted to bring a guy like og in so maybe brandon miller can be a similar type of role and a guy and blossom beyond that yep. there's that one percent chance that that is what they're going for but if brandon miller has gone i don't see a guard guard pairing and scoot and dame being this idea that's going to break the the west so i i don't know i if brandon goes to i think they have to move that deal
2: or do something uh, so you think it's so you think it's dependent on the number two pick then like, you think they could make a decision, well, obviously, they'd probably try to call in advance and figure it out, but you think that they could make a decision as late as right before their pick?
1: Oh, yeah. I I, I genuinely think that if this pick is getting moved, based on what we've seen, based on what we've seen, it doesn't look like this pick is getting moved in advance. And then, going off of that, I think if this pick were to get moved, it is going to be at the absolute last second. Like, that call by charlotte happens you see what the pick is and then they're like okay let's go let's, let's do this we have five minutes to figure it
0: out do you think the draft room is gonna be like them all freaking out and Damian lillard standing in the corner just <laughs> staring them down being like do it he has like do an anonymous the right thing
2: like oh, an yeah. anonymous damien lillard pops up with a mask
1: on you know that charlie Day meme where he's like looking at the board and there's all like the, the strings and stuff around that's huh. the entire portland like front office during the draft they're just gonna be going ballistic
2: i would love to be in that war room though
1: Put no, there. I like, why? That's just like a that's fly the on the
2: wall, like not like making any decisions.
0: Most like, I would love stressful to spec- thing
1: ever. Yeah, so I would love to just be like a fly on the wall, inspect. Yeah, look at all you guys fighting for your jobs right now, suckers.
0: Eh. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> try th- to play both sides. Thirteenth pick, the Raptors. Any idea who the Raptors are going to take there? If they're going to ah. trade that away, if they're going to try to package that away? I, th- I think they're just going to take it straight up.
2: I think
1: so too. If, if no deals can happen, obviously, then they'll just they'll take it straight up. Uh, it's it's interesting because like. I kind of see this in two ways. We all agree they probably need a guard, right? Like, that's the likely way they're going for the draft, like a guard. That's what they need now, yeah. Not likely a wing, not likely a big, but a guard. But within the guards, there's still two ways they can go. Because it's hard to find a young draft prospect that does both. You can either go for guards that have that athletic playmaking upside, like you have your Chianti George, uh, Jordan Hochefino, guys like that, or if a guy like Mason wallace drops but i don't know if you'll get that far but then you can also just go just the straight shooting route you have a guy like kobe buffkin you have Grady dick so like do you want just a straight shooter who can come join this team and provide that like part that was missing or do you want somebody who is more of just like a playmaker who can be part of this offense but will need to grow in terms of the scoring aspect i feel like you're gonna have to pick between the two which one are you going for either the more nba ready or Are the more like a development project, but higher upside.
0: You're just describing the Raptors front office as you're talking (laughs) about it. Which direction are they going to go? Are they going to go for the NBA ready one? Are they going to go for the one that's going to take time to reach? I'm (laughs)
1: turning into that Charlie Day meme. Everything (laughs) is a different direction. Everything is a choice between directions. That's why I think, like, again, this draft, I am hoping and praying, signals a direction. Do I think it will? No, because nothing has so far. But, like, everything that's in front of us in terms of the Raptors is about a direction.
0: Yep. Pick a name, pick a direction. Who are you getting at 13?
1: Ah oh, yeah, this is so hard cuz if Fred's there it changes things. If he's not there, ah. Oh.
0: We're assuming that Fred is not like there's nothing about Fred tomorrow. So this is just straight up you got to be thinking like who is this team taking?
1: I I'm going to go with Grady Dick. Ooh. Okay. The, the reason like why that. is we know he's going to provide something that this team misses. Shooting. He's yeah. a good shooter, but also he's part of a winning program. Kansas and like that that team one, he knows what it's like and what it takes to be a serious and mature athlete in a professional setting, and he can provide something to this team in that sense as well. Like, especially if, like, say the the, the older guys leave, he can, like, he won't be a vet because he's a rookie, but he'll have mm-hmm. some maturity in that presence there. And even if he is a rookie or a young guy, you know that Darko and this front office can trust in him to be like, We need you to step up, we need you to do a bit more, we need you to do this, and he's a guy who can be ready to take on a role in that having that locker room and that presence. So okay. I think I don't wanna I think the Raptors have taken enough like high upside kind of plays in the past couple of years. So I want them to go with a bit more reliability this time and I think Grady Dick can be that player. But I know it's like not as exciting as some of these other options.
0: Do you think that Dick is still going to be there at 13?
1: I think there's a good chance because I Mock think... I have him. He at 19. The one
2: so I'm looking at for like, the ringer.
1: The, and I, I, I'm not surprised by that either because he can go down. Because, again, a lot of the other guys like Anthony Black, uh, Keontae George, like I mentioned, Hochefino, Like there's a lot Nick Smith Jr. Like There's a lot of dudes who have the upside potential. So and when you're drafting that high in the draft you're going for that upside right that's yeah. what you normally do that's why the draft is exciting is because you're taking guys who have the potential to be good players like So the Thompson Twins like They may not be as ready as some of the guys Who get drafted after them But you know they're athletic monsters mm-hmm. So they can probably do things in the NBA If they develop the right way So the teams above the Raptors I think are going to be all going for like those high upside plays Whereas them, I think Especially if you're going for the competing route Need reliability
2: I would love to see the Raptors Take a big guard Because there's just so many of them in this draft um, There's like Like Keontae George is who the Ringer have the Raptors taking. Wouldn't mind that. Uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, like Zolfi mentioned. Kaysen Wallace, who, like, I thought he'd be gone as well, but. I would
1: love Kaysen Wallace. Kentucky guards just know how to figure it out in the NBA. He's
2: only 6'2, but 6'8 wingspan, so he probably plays quite a bit bigger. And then even Nick Smith Jr., 6'5, 6'8 wingspan. Like, there's so many big combo guards that I would just love the Raptors to finally
1: take. I just. I don't know. I think it'd be exciting. Case and Allis would definitely be like one of my like dark horse ish picks. But I again, I agree. I don't think he'll be there. But if he is, I would love for the Raptors to take him because again, you get a, a Kentucky guy, and we've seen what Kentucky guards can do when they make it to the NBA. So I think he'd be a guy that you can have a lot of trust in.
0: Pick a name, Spencer.
1: Uh,
2: I think they will draft Nick Smith Jr. at
1: thirteen.
0: Okay. Any reason?
2: Because he said Toronto properly in his interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, how so? So he didn't pronounce the. He the said Toronto. Second? He said, said Toronto.
2: A, yeah. Toronto. Okay. Uh, no. Team. any reason, I just think but, a lot of these guards they have here on the ringer. I think they will already actually be gone. Like, I think Keontae George might be gone. I think um, Casein Wallace might be gone. I think any of these guards could really be taken. Uh, this it's a is guard heavy a draft. Wild especially yeah. front Wallace. up front. Oh, Which oh, is yeah.
1: why, like, you're you're not maybe in the Raptors' case like as worried about moving that pick because you're like, oh, we can probably get a really quality guard and player that we need later in the draft. But that's also part of why I see, like, hey, if you can move things around and get more picks in this draft by doing that, that would also be good because I you can probably get some more players out of it in what is a deeper draft class.
0: All right, I'm going to go. and Wallace is the one that I really want. Yeah. And I think that he is a future franchise point guard in the making. I see him as a very Drew Holiday type player. Yeah. yeah. Which I would love. I don't know if he's gonna be there.
2: I hope so. I would love if they took him too.
0: Let's go poetic. Number thirteen. Draft number th- draft overall. Kobe. Kobe Bufkin. That's okay. what I'm going with. Okay. Mirroring Kobe Bryant. Thirteen. Thirteen. Kobe. Kobe.
1: I mean, we know what Kobe did to this Raptors team. Maybe this Kobe It's time control. to get our own Kobe. Also, I thought you were going Case and Wallace. I'm so confused. No.
0: Th- I, I would love him. Oh, okay. I would love him.
2: That's his prediction, though, is, uh, is Kobe. Okay. I don't
0: think he'll be there. Okay. If he's there. God, the Raptors, if you don't take him. I fighting words. Kobe Bufkin. <laughs> Kobe Bufkin's is the one that I think is going to be... The one that's going to be going at 13?
2: Because that's, like, my pick, too. Like, I want them to take Case and Wallace, or I would even prefer Keyante George, but I think they'll end up with Nick Smith Jr.,
1: yeah, fair enough.
0: There it is. Those are all of our picks for the draft. And let's get into this fun stuff. Why don't we get into the surprise? So, yeah. Zolfi and I can officially unveil that we have partnered up.
1: It is the Wentworth three versus three basketball tournament in Hamilton. The second year it is running, mm-hmm. and it has leveled up tremendously.
0: Sponsored by Team Nike. It's time to listen to the interview. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Listening is is a fun interview. It's a great time. I had a great time with this. Learn about everything. Let's go straight into the interview.
1: If you like hoops, be there because we will be there and take a listen.
0: Hello, everyone. Yes, it's still my voice. You're not going crazy. Uh, (laughs) We are cutting to something extra special here today. Uh, it's me and Zulfi, and we are here to talk with David Finley. He's the founder of the Wentverse 3v3 basketball tournament that is happening in Hamilton in just about a month now on July 29th. Uh, kind of just wanted to get talk to you, so everything, first of all, how's it going?
3: Great, man, great. I'm good. Hoping that you guys are good, too. I'm loving what you guys are doing, so can't wait to chop it up with you guys and talk about what we've got going on thank yeah you, thank, you. thank
0: you appreciate that first thing here uh just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on why you started this event and what the event means to you
3: yeah of course um you know basketball is always a, a big part of my life as a child you know um i played blessed sacrament in hba and single a rep as a kid my older brother was the all-star i'm short man i never grew tall enough you know it's, <laughs> my older brother was six two and and when he when he was like uh 14 years old so uh i watched him play triple a rep and 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 in leagues my whole life and he was always like the mvp of the league watching him glide through people just the way he played and you know averaging 20 points a game in, in in house leagues and rep leagues so it was just awesome watching him evolve as a basketball player we kind of uh, went down a different path. I, I chose music. I'm a I'm I'm a musician at heart, and um, I have my degree in en- uh, entertainment management. So. I learned a lot uh in 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 the music industry about networking and stuff like that and uh i threw a basketball event last year because basketball was always important to me and i know how big basketball is getting in canada and i know how much it can give back to youth i know as a youth it did a lot for me and uh you know trying to keep me on the right path and and stuff like that so it really works for the youth and and just i just want to empower the youth that's the biggest goal that i have is just empower the youth to stay in sports and uh you know stay away from the streets so I threw this basketball event last year and it and it went super good like it went it went amazing I didn't expect it to be that like that big so um that's what really made me do it th- again this year you know I really wanted to um take it to the next level and grow and grow and grow and grow after last year's success it was just absolutely amazing so that's why we're here we're here and we're doing it
1: I love it and uh David you mentioned how this is A big part of it is empowering the youth. There's an 18 plus division, but there's also U15 for kids and it's free for them to enter, I believe. So tell me a bit more about like what can people expect out of the tournament? Not just coming to watch it, but also the ones who want to compete. Like what can they get out of this?
3: Okay, so this is what's happening right now. So we've gotten to a point where we're partnered with Team Nike and we're giving away $10,000 to the winning team of of the 18 plus. And we're giving a, a $500 to the U15 Raptors 905 tickets and some other prizes as well. Uh, now, the players playing, they can expect a good tournament. There's, especially in the 18 plus division, we have D1 and pro players playing in the tournament. It's not, it's not a a, a rinky dink tournament. You know what I mean? <laughs> no offense to the players that are on the come up. You know, keep grinding. <laughs> uh, but like, this is a very seriously uh, high skilled tournament. And um, we're going to be bringing uh, the action that day. We're going to be bringing the it's going to be a highly spectated event because of the skill level that we have. We have scouts coming. We have, uh, you know, uh, organizations, leagues. We have, uh, you know, trainers and coaches. It's going to be absolutely amazing for the players in attendance. The U15 kids, they're, I, I honestly don't know what to expect for the U15 kids because I've just gotten so many random parents um, contacting me and setting up their kids to play. So I don't really personally know the skill level of the kids, but they're all from leagues and organizations and rep teams right. uh, that I know of so far. So. Either way, it's going to be a highly skilled event in in both divisions, I believe.
0: So it's not just the tournaments that are happening over the weekend. There is a couple other events there. Why don't you tell us what's going to be happening this whole weekend? Because this is a two-day event.
3: Yeah, so two-day event. July 29th, we're going to be having the uh, 18-plus division for $10,000. We're also going to be having a slam dunk contest that day as well. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. The slam dunk contest is is sponsored by Alcatraz Escape Rooms. And, uh, you know, the prizes that I'm going to give away for that are absolutely crazy. I got a big framed picture and the MVP original cards of the first game played at um, the first Raptors game played at ACC. So it's like a big panoramic shot of the crowd and cool. uh it's absolutely stunning it's over 20 years old i believe now yeah almost and thirty. I think. He bought, yeah he bought it back then too so it's it, i don't even know what it's worth i tried to find a, a, the exact copy on ebay but i couldn't find it anywhere it's worth a so lot it's like, yeah it's probably worth a pretty penny now man like yeah. you can't get your hands on it it's got all those nice purple mvp cards of the original lineup of that lineup that year And, uh, you know, so it's really cool, man. Vince Carter's in the picture. He's right in the, it's right at tip-off. The picture's right at tip-off. So you see Vince Carter's jersey. It's really cool. It's a nice picture. Then I also have uh, three jerseys. A Michael Jordan wizard's jersey. I have a LeBron Cavs jersey. And I have a Vince Carter Raptors jersey that I'm gonna give to uh, to some people as well. So we got a lot of stuff going on. We got a cool down zone. It's it's sponsored by Tip Top Tents, an 800 square foot tent with water and Guru Energy, Guru Energy drink. As uh, you know, you must know Guru Energy drink if you're writing for the CBL, right? Yes, they, absolutely. They're sponsored with them as well. So they gave us a bunch of energy drinks. We got Red Bull uh, sample team there for the day. We got a um, hundred Forge FC tickets to give away we got four tie cat gold tickets to give away we got forge fc setting up a big vendor that day there's uh 12 vendors for ice cream trucks food trucks uh you know we got uh activities and games for the kids um it's gonna be absolutely crazy it's it's crazy special guests uh coming as well and in the game as well nbl rookie of the year shaquan barrett made a team so you know it's gonna be exciting man it's gonna be an absolutely exciting event
1: that's awesome man like you said your backgrounds in event management you've clearly put together an insane event and thought this through which is awesome to
3: hear on zero budget zero budget boys I did this <laughs> on zero budget team Nike gave me ten thousand dollars for the prize and I ran with it uh, man, so that, awesome. is, that
1: is impressive I've to get
3: all of this on zero yeah. budget man
1: that just shows that like, what the love of the game can do for you and that excitement of empowering the youth in the neighborhood which is so awesome to hear David and I kind of want you to talk about that like What has the buzz been surrounding this event, especially because it's, uh, I believe, what, your second year now doing this and then trying to, like, level it up? And clearly you've put in so much effort into it.
3: Kind of like, what is the buzz you hope to accomplish out of this? So what's happening right now is that uh, I've been in contact with uh, Canada Basketball. Canada basketball, uh, Ron Young and Glenn Grunwald have both been on Zoom calls with me. Uh, Ron Young is an amazing guy. He's gonna actually personally help me apply to FIBA and put in a good word to FIBA. And that's probably gonna get me approved. I have major investors that have um, produced games like the Pan Am Games and the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, fifth element group shout out to Aaron Kaufman at fifth element group Uh, so he's gonna uh, take a listen to what I have to say after I get approved by FIBA and he's most likely fingers crossed gonna um, invest into this show and and make it Canada's largest most interactive immersive basketball festival that we've ever seen and I'm talking you know uh, a spectacle that that literally that you have never seen in Canada I want to make it absolutely amazing like uh, uh imagine a big networking conference over the weekend but also a tournament as well you know what i mean i want all the basketball people in canada to get together in one spot and have an amazing tournament for the kids for the youth FIBA will actually uh the winners from our tournament will actually be able to go to international qualifiers for fiba three on three as well so that's Whoa. a big, big opportunity for all the players and all the people taking part in my turn.
1: Sounds like there's a there's a bit of a, something for everyone. If you're a real serious exactly. hooper, you can you can compete and make a name yep. for yourself. And if you're there for just an yep. awesome weekend to just get involved in hoops in the country, there's something there for you as well. You've thought this through, man. Huge. I gotta I gotta tip my hat to you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Team Nike's giving away the first Team Nike Cup as well. So the trophy's a beautiful trophy. And it's called the Team Nike Cup, and we're going to be crowning the first three-on-three Team Nike champions, and that's going to lead into the Team Nike three-on-three FIBA qualifier, which I'm 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 hoping that's that's next year.
0: Kind of disappointed that we can't do this. That we're not going to be participating in this. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Speaking of which, we will be there. It's going
3: to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm hoping you guys are there, anyway, man. Yeah, Yeah. episode there that day. It's going to. that's a, That's a, some great content there, guys.
0: Yeah, this is our official announcement that we will actually be at the event. So the four of us will be there. Uh, we will all be hopefully getting a little table there, recording some live footage, trying to get something going, maybe an episode. We, we got to work out the kinks and everything like that. But, yeah, we, we will be there.
1: I guess one of the last questions we had for you, David, was just that, uh, like we said, we're obviously going to be there. We're going to be trying to give as much buzz to this tournament as we can. But you also told us how, like, the more the merrier. You want people to be part of this event in terms of just like supporting basketball in the country, not just of as course. fans, as competitors, but even like content contributors and stuff. So I just like I wanted you to yep. talk a bit about that. How you want people to be involved.
3: Okay, so um, I have everything planned for this event already. I still have a month to go, you know. So anybody that wants to take part um, as a podcast, as media, we have CHCH News there, Cable 14, a couple media companies that are going to be filming for us and doing photography. So we have that covered. But anybody that wants to shoot episodes for their podcast, anybody that wants to come out and just shoot episodes for content, for basketball content, there is going to be some serious, serious talent there. And um, it's going to be great. The slam Dunk Contest is always good for content. Things like this is going to make everybody's episodes you know, uh, go, go nuts. So um, anybody in the media world, we're giving you guys a shout out. Come on out. People in the community, this is a free event to come to. Okay, So I can't promise that in the future, especially when we get sanctioned by FIBA. It's probably going to be a ticketed event. That's a good point. Just because, of the, just because of the international exposure that FIBA brings. Um, but this year is free and I want to see everybody in the basketball world coming out to support this event simply because what I'm trying to do for the basketball world, I'm, I'm going to, I manifest everything. So I'm going to run the biggest basketball festival in Canada one day and give back to basketball so much. I'm going to be you know, starting camps and programs for kids and giving them the right coaches and trainers. I'm going to be giving them the right direction in the basketball career. Even the adults as well. I have a lot of overseas connections and international uh, connections where I can help you get onto international teams like the KBL or the Euro League, whatever. Any 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 of those leagues. I have lots of connections that that are in um, Europe and in in Asia for basketball. So. I have a a lot of people that I've been connecting with. I want to rebuild basketball courts across uh, Canada, so eventually maybe even worldwide. But I'm going to start in Canada by rebuilding basketball courts. And this festival, this networking basketball tournament festival slash whatever you guys want to call it, it's going to be crazy. This is all going to fund that. So like, I'm not looking to get rich. I'm looking to give back to the basketball world in a major way. And, um, you know, it's all, it all starts here. So everybody come on out. It's going to be free. It's going to be a time. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, just come on out and see.
0: I love it. I love everything about that. It sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah, man. It, it seems like an area that's not really around like I three on three tournament. Is amazing. Like if I heard about yeah. that when I was younger, I would have been all on that. But like, yes, I go. Yeah. I want to do all oh, that stuff. It sounds fantastic. Yeah,
3: see, and that's the thing. FIBA has been around for years, man. Since like the the nineties, FIBA has been a three on three has been a thing forever. But they just started making it an Olympic thing not long ago. So now it's three on three is an Olympic level, right? They have three on three basketball in the Olympics now. Yeah. So so everything so that's, I'm getting that- for sorry, David. Uh, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I was just saying, so that's so that's huge. That's massive for for three on three to, the, the like Canada has a plan right now to the Canada basketball has a plan to build three on three basketball even stronger and even more. So they just hit like four million subscribers. Uh, FIBA did. so like they're they're really starting to make a name for themselves in the basketball world as 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 a great sport to take part in on an international level.
1: For sure. And uh, from what I'm getting from all this, David, it's like it's sounding like now's the time to get in. Now's the time to be a part of this, because like you said, you don't know how fast this thing is going to grow and like all the stuff that can happen out of it. And like leveling up is what your goal is. And since you want to accomplish all these things eventually, which are such awesome goals for a basketball community, especially with the way it's growing in Canada. So, like, yeah, man, it sounds like now is the time to get in and be a part of this is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, it is. You know, the basketball world is stronger than ever in Canada. 2019 before COVID, right when COVID hit, we won the championship in Toronto, and that just made everything explode for basketball in Canada. And then they just hosted the first WNBA game ever in Canada, and we sold out the Staples Center. So 19,000 people bought tickets to, to, to sit in that arena. That's the highest record of attendance in all of WNBA, bro. Like that's huge. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, it doesn't. So we we broke history right there, and 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 with big companies like Tangerine uh, doing so much for our basketball community, so, uh, big companies like Nav Superfan Foundation, you know what I mean. Big companies like this are are doing big things for basketball. So I think Team Nike has has been aware of this. And they seen my festival and how much success I had last year, and my pitch to them was amazing this year. And I think they want to capitalize on that growing three on three basketball world right now. You know what I mean? I think they want to. I think they. I think uh, what I'm manifesting right now. I think is what's happening is I'm birthing the Team Nike three on three championship. I love it. Just- which would be which would be epic. So. It would. Absolutely. You know, remember this conversation, boys. Remember yeah, this conversation. Yeah, we're a part of history. I feel it. I definitely feel it. We're a part I of something really special. I really feel it. I, I really feel that's true. Like, you guys could be the very first podcast ever to, to, to interview the, the founder of the Team Nike. Putting good energy TV. out there. Yeah. Some good energy. energy As yeah. like you said, you so got to manifest I, I, it, right? Yeah. I can't thank you guys enough. It means a lot.
0: No worries. One last question for you, David. If you guys want to yep. be a part of history and be part of this tournament, where do you go to sign up?
3: Call me directly, call me directly, or you can go to the Instagram page at WD3VS3, 3, 3 so WD3VS3, and uh, you can call me directly, 365 5625 I'm putting my number out there, go ahead, give me a call, anybody can sign up, or you can even send me an email at District at gmail.com. That's a man who means business. Putting Absolutely. his phone number out there, I love it. Oh, man, call me anytime, man. I got nothing to hide from the world, buddy. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll make sure to
1: put all of a David's information in our podcast details as well. Yeah. But yeah, David, Amazing. thank you again so much. Thank you so much. We all, we're excited to be there, and we're just so, so yeah. looking forward to being part of this special
0: event. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, for you talking with us. Yeah, you guys
3: have free, free reign at the event, man. Oh, Come on out. You love to hear shoot that. Some, just inviting chaos. Cool content. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just stay, try to stay out of the way the ch and cable 14 guys they're gonna be up on the sky jacks anyway but you know they, i don't
0: they
1: think get we'll be climbing of, up there kind of, yeah i think we're good we'll keep it low to the
3: ground awesome year, last year the, the ch ch guy got kind of upset at some people bumping <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's oh. just just an inside joke you <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> yeah fair enough watch out for the ch guy <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best
0: all right well david yeah, thanks so. so much for you talking to amazing.
3: us thank you we'll thank see you at the event Awesome, man. July 29th. Can't wait to see you guys all there. Thank you, man. No worries. Take care. Beautiful. Have a good day, Take David. Care. You too. Bye-bye.
0: So yeah, July 29th, July 30th, this 3v3 basketball tournament. We will be there. So if you guys want to meet us and meet our chaotic self, uh interrupting the CHC. <laughs> yeah, hey,
1: man. If if you can if anyone listening can pull off like a photo bomb or audio bomb in our podcast, oh, That would be amazing. I will tip your hat to you. I think it'll be hilarious. But like Jake said, July 29th is when the event is. It's a two-day event. Registration, if you want to compete, is July 15th. And remember, U15 is free to enter. It's free. If you are a hooper and you want to get some buzz out there, remember, there are scouts, there are coaches, there are trainers. If you want to try to make a career out of this, this is a great place to start, it's especially fantastic. in the country. And like again, 18 plus, it's a 10K prize. Like you're, You
0: can't say no to that.
1: Yeah. So not only is there just fun prizes for free, if you're a serious hooper, you can make a bit of change out of it while making a name for yourself. And it's,
0: uh, it's unreal. I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of this. Uh, just hearing everything, that I, the more I hear about it, the more that I'm just like, whoa, Like it yeah. seems like this is, as Zulfi likes to say, steps to success.
1: Steps to success.
0: And it sounds fantastic. So we're going to be there. We can't wait to support this. Come out, visit July 29th, July 30th. Come say hi to us. Come take part. Come watch some slam dunk contests. Yeah. Some Canadian slam dunk contests. I'm so excited for this. And like it, you won't get better access
1: to an event that's no. not only free, but like you can get up close and personal to kind of see top level athletes doing what they do. Like a slam dunk contest we've had in Toronto, like in a, in a at a high level. Like what once in the All Star game All Star yeah. weekend that happened right so you're going to be able to see similar level experience ago. yeah jeez i feel old I know. you're going to be able to see the same type of atmosphere same type of athleticism and compete but at a much closer level so come on like come be a, I, I don't know what else to say let's like, just, just, just come, come be a part of it and have some fun if you love hoops this event is for you
0: all right doesn't that sound great
2: Yeah, Spencer? Oh, I'm so excited.
0: It's going to be so fun. Just over a month
1: away, right?
2: We're talking
0: about everything that we can be doing here. we got a lot of stuff planned out that we're going to be doing. We're bringing our signature chaos to this event. Oh, yeah,
1: we're going to make it wacky and
0: fun. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to be at this thing. and I can't thank enough, David, for having us there, for inviting us there, and giving us a platform to just do our own thing. That is insane. I'm so excited. July 29th, be there. Come visit us. We're gonna have uh, some uh, some shirts, maybe. That we're, we're gonna, gonna, gonna try be to cook up, some,
3: some,
2: surprise. cook up some surprises. Swag, don't want to give fun. everything away. We don't want yeah. to. We'll, say everything. We'll cook it up. We have a lot of prep to do, but we will uh, we'll be there and we'll be prepared. It's
1: gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun weekend of basketball, man. It's, Absolutely. It's NBA off season, but that doesn't matter. There's still basketball to be watched.
0: It'll be so much fun. I think that about wraps up the episode. You think we a good good little bow on that one? I
1: feel good. I think yeah.
0: it's a good ending. Cool. The draft is tomorrow, or if the time of this is coming out probably, tonight, so you can <laughs> watch that to see what happens there. We're going to be off for a week, so we won't have anything next week. Uh, if anything major happens, because during that week, there's a lot that's going to be happening. It's the official opening of Tampering will be happening, and the free agency will be starting. Uh, hopefully not everything gets announced before we come back from our little hiatus. Yeah, But it's an exciting week. Uh, you can always find us on the dream underscore team pod on twitter that if anything major happens we're gonna have some videos up there oh yeah it's gonna have to give you our thoughts while it's all happening it's a good time to be part of the dream team podcast you should follow us on spotify and apple podcasts whichever you prefer give us some rankings give us some love that one star review is gone serves you right. Glad that it's no longer there.
1: Yeah, see, look, we ask you if you're going to leave a one star review, give feedback. That person clearly didn't have any feedback that was bad. So they're like, you know what? Rightfully so. I should take this away. I will find it. (laughs) And hey, we said it in the interview with David that, like, get in early because you're going to be part of something special. It's the same thing about this podcast. We're getting close to 10 episodes, we're getting close to a couple milestones in terms of downloads and listens. So be part of it early. We're doing something special, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So why not get in now? And you know NBA offseason is
2: going to be loaded with drama for us. so it's If just this gonna is get anything to go by,
0: this has been the second week of the offseason. We've had so much to cover already. So it's ridiculous. I'm excited about the future of everything. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. You can find me at Jake underscore Schultz6 on Twitter. Zolfi, where can they find you?
1: On Twitter and Instagram, both at Zolfi underscore Shake. That's Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Make sure you download the pod.
2: And you can find me at Kloss Talk Sports, C-L-O-S-S Talk Sports. But more importantly, just follow the pod because we're going to keep keeping you guys updated there on everything that happens. Daniel,
0: where can they find you? Not in this podcast
2: room. Someone edited some cricket noises in. <laughs>
0: He'll be back for the next one. He will. We will be back. We miss you, Dan. That wraps up for this episode. Thank you, guys. From Jake, Zolfi, and Spencer, this has been the Dream Team Podcast. We'll see you all in the future.
1: Keep cooking.
3: Thanks, everyone.